It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Friday, July 28th, 2023. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. A Sitka man has pleaded guilty to second-degree murder in the 2021 death of his father and will likely spend the next 25 years in prison if the court signs off on a proposed plea agreement with the state. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. 30-year-old Patrick J. O'Brien was arrested in February 2021 after assaulting his father, 63-year-old James O'Brien Jr., in an altercation on Cassiana Island near Sitka. The elder O'Brien was medevaced to Harborview Medical Center in Seattle with head and facial fractures. He died about a week later. According to court records, the younger O'Brien's blood alcohol level at the time of his arrest was double the legal limit for driving. Patrick O'Brien was initially charged with murder in the first degree and second degree, attempted murder in the first degree, assault in the first degree, assault in the third degree, two counts of misconduct involving a weapon, and one count of interfering with a domestic violence report. Under an agreement with the state entered in Sitka Superior Court this past June, O'Brien will plead guilty to one count of murder in the second degree, which comes with a 60-year jail sentence, 40 of which will be suspended. O'Brien also will plead guilty to assault in the third degree for a related domestic violence incident. The penalty for that charge is five years in jail, with none suspended. O'Brien's total jail time will be 25 years. He has agreed to remain in custody through the entire service of his sentence and to not seek modification of his bail, which was set at $500,000 between now and his sentencing, which has been scheduled for January 2024 in Sitka Superior Court when the court will review the plea deal. All other charges against O'Brien will be dropped under the agreement, as will charges of burglary and criminal trespass in a separate incident documented by Sitka police at the same time as the assault against his father. O'Brien remains in custody at the Lemon Creek Correctional Center in Juneau. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. Austin Wayne Cranford is the first candidate to file for one of three open seats on the Sitka Assembly this fall. Cranford has lived in Sitka for the last decade. He's a veteran and currently works for the University of Alaska Southeast in information technology. He spoke with KCAW's Catherine Rose about his decision to run for public office. You are the first person to file to run for a seat on the Sitka Assembly. There are three seats up for grabs this year. Why are you running for one of these seats? Having lived here for about nine, ten years, I've seen, I don't want to say the community go downhill, but it has definitely not improved. Uh, Cost of living is up. People that have lived here longer than me have had to leave. Uh, Others that decide to stay here are struggling more than they were nine, ten years ago. And it was one of those things where the city assembly has the ability to lessen the cost of living and burden on the citizens that live in the community. And that's one of the big reasons I wanted to run. And then the second reason was more transparency. I know the city puts out their budget, but the budget is like, oh, we're giving, you know, hypothetically five million to education. Okay, well, once five million goes to education, where is it going? Is it going to Sika High School? Is it going to Blatchley Middle School? And then, you know, if it's going to Blatchley Middle School, well, what inside of Blatchley Middle School is that money going to? Basically, if we can break it down further, um, We should break it down further, and then if we can simplify it to where somebody off the street can pick it up and go, okay, I know that $3 million is going to Blatchley Middle School, and of that $3 million, $1 million is going to the arts program. It's like 
that's all we need to see, not these 125, 300 pages behemoths that exist on the SICA website where it's like no regular person is going to read that or might not even be able to read it. And do you have any previous experience running for public office or or in government? So I don't have any experience in public office. Um, I do have experience in government from my time in the military. I engage routinely with debates, both when I was homeschooled and occasionally with friends and family here in town and even outside of town. But no, I have no official uh, government experience. And as far as as your goals, if you are elected to one of these seats, um, you mentioned transparency, you mentioned cost of living. What what do you think, what kinds of things could you do to, to move toward those? Or, or are there other goals that are kind of at the top of your list? So cost of living and transparency are my top two goals. Obviously, there's other goals. We have the tourism issue. We have our aging infrastructure issue, be it the schools or the roads. We can tackle those as we come to it. Um, but cost of living and transparency is the big one. As I think most people know, there's two lawsuits against the city currently. Well, you know, why? If I, if there was transparency, maybe we, the city wouldn't be getting sued right now kind of thing. Transparency is going to be one of those things where we're going to have to go through and pass resolutions and basically just reformat it because like I'm sure the data is there. I'm sure they know exactly how much money they're spending on the art department in Blatchley. It's just it's not on the paper in a visible way that makes it easy for the citizens to figure it out. Uh, No, I liked the I believe it's the SRC audit that they do for the uh, city. It has a couple of pie charts in there. That's really all you can do, like a 25 page pie charts. Be like, here's where all the how much money is going to each sector and then do a pie chart for each sector and then a pie chart for each like high school. That's all you have to do uh, for the transparency report. As for actually lowering cost of living, we can reduce sales tax on like food and utilities. Sick is the only place I've ever lived that taxes utilities. It's still bizarre to me that we do. It's like the city already gets the money from utilities and now they're basically double dipping on the on the sales tax on top of it. Um, and then removing sales tax on food and essential goods. Now, you know, if you go out and go to a restaurant or buy a TV or buy furniture or something like that, we're not talking about removing sales tax from those items. But for what people need to actually live, food, water, power, I don't think they need to be paying, you know, extra for those items and then uh, putting a cap on utility rate increases for the past couple of years it's been utility rate increase after utility rate increase and it was like why and you know again where is all this money going it's not easy for somebody to just look at the city website and be like oh that's why they keep raising our utility rates it's just oh we're raising your utility rates again and now your bill is 300 400 more than it was last year so That was Austin Cranford, who is running for a seat on the Sitka Assembly this fall. During the interview, Cranford spoke about making the city's budget more accessible for the public. In addition to publishing the full budget, the city does provide an open finance tool on its website. KCAW checked. And while certain parts of the city budget, like the city's enterprise funds, can be broken down for the user into more detailed reports using that tool, we could not find detailed breakdowns of some budget categories, including the education budget.
KCAW is reaching out to all candidates as they file and will be publishing candidate questionnaires and hosting forums in the weeks leading up to the election. Our online election hub will go live in early September. Thousands of Alaskans brought relics to this month's taping of Antiques Roadshow in Anchorage. That's the long-running PBS television show where experts appraise everything from family heirlooms to thrift store finds during stops in cities around the country. It was the show's first visit to Alaska, and a handful of Kodiak residents made the trip with their own items. KMXT's Kirsten Dobruth spoke to one of them and has this story. Earlier this month, Charlie attended the Antiques Roadshow taping with his brother and niece. Antiques Roadshow asked us to only use first names for show participants. Charlie brought a vibrantly colored woven blanket with fringe and stripes adorned with delicate details. Now this is the picture of me buying this blanket here and in the marketplace. He's pointing to a picture of himself, carrying canteens of water with coconuts slung over his shoulder. The year is 1968, and the blanket is loosely wrapped around his shoulders. He was near the border of East Timor and Indonesia in Southeast Asia. Charlie, a self-described wanderlust, has stacks of photos from his travels. He says he haggled for the item and doesn't even remember what currency he ultimately paid in. Another photo shows some of the local villagers wrapped in similarly designed textiles. This is what got the antique roadshow guy really excited. Charlie ended up making it to the green room for an interview and appraisal of the artifact. That doesn't mean he'll make it on the show, and he didn't want to give away too much in case he did. 2,500 people attended the taping in Anchorage, the first time in 28 seasons the show visited Alaska. Prospective roadshow attendees needed to enter a lottery for a ticket, and each ticket holder was allowed to bring two items. You go up and you wait for a little while to get in, and then finally you wait some more inside, and when you get inside there's this one lady there that determines... Which category do you have? Other attendees were lugging around all kinds of things, toys and textiles and big and small pieces of art, to the different tents for appraisal. Charlie called the whole thing a smooth operation and says he was impressed with the expertise and efficiency of the production. He's looking forward to watching the show when it comes out sometime early next year. And he says getting to go to a taping of the show at all was a bucket list experience, whether he makes the final cut or not. You meet so many nice people and, and intelligent people and appreciative people and artistic people. You know, it's an experience. It's like it's like being in the middle of a beehive, you know. And regardless of appraisal value, he says the blanket is a priceless keepsake from his travels. In Kodiak, I'm Kirsten Dobrath. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. And now taking a quick look at the weather for Sitka for today, Friday, July 28, 2023. Today, mostly sunny with a high near 65. Northwest wind 5 to 10 miles per hour, becoming west in the afternoon. Tonight, mostly clear with a low around 54. Northwest wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Good morning.